This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Much to discuss today. Phone lines open, 888-900-3393. Leaks, leaks, and more leaks. That's what I get from this morning's data dump in the news cycle. You got NBC News, NBC News, like MSNBC, of course. Uh, Intelligence officials say Putin personally involved in election hack. That is quite an escalation, isn't it? Last week it was Russia did it to help Donald Trump, and now it's Vladimir Putin was personally involved in the whole thing. Um, You can say that this is the result of excellent detective work and that clearly this just came about because the people who were doing the investigating in the IC who were looking at this, remember, as intelligence, not really as evidence per se, and then I'm going to bring a prosecution against Vladimir Putin, that they all of a sudden have really uh, relevant information that they've stumbled upon, that now we see that they're able to put together not just the motive, but, if you will, the mastermind of this whole thing. And unsurprisingly, they are now saying through a leak that it's Vladimir Putin. Now, this will be reported on across the media as gospel. Nobody's going to stop and say, hold on a second, this is one voice from inside the intelligence community Is this an Obama appointee, as in like the head of the CIA? Who's actually saying this? Is it a partisan political figure who happens to work inside the intelligence community in some capacity? Or are we to take this as the sort of across-the-board truth of the situation? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how the media is going to play this, uh, except that they're going to say, that this is now the the new reality, right? I mean, are, are they going to sort of dig a little deeper and get some additional sourcing? Maybe. That's a possibility. But in the meantime, I can see a very realistic, I can see a very real, realistic scenario uh, in which we now spend the next week debating the depth of Putin's involvement in this without ever stopping to think, hold on a second, is Vladimir Putin, re- he really oversaw this operation? Keep in mind that this would mean, as we've gone over this week, and I know I've led off with this, for a few days this week, but I do think it's the most important news story currently out there under discussion because it's it's really just all about the incoming Trump administration, and it's about the Democrats uh, having a complete fit because they know that they have lost control of, or they will soon lose control of the United States government. They've had it for eight years, and they've gotten really used to it, and they really like it, and they have no interest whatsoever in allowing power to transition. 
So that's where we are here. Um, that is the reality of the situation. And the leaks that are coming out, which, by the way, would generally be considered, I would assume, classified information, certainly based on classified sources. You know, this is playing dirty. But you'll notice that there weren't a lot of leaks from inside the intelligence community while Obama was in office that were specifically meant to damage the administration. There were plenty when Bush was in office. And now Trump is going to be taking the helm as commander in chief. And before he even is commander in chief, there are leaks specifically meant to undermine his presidency, to undermine him um, and to create, as I've said, an across the board excuse, not just for opposing Donald Trump or for criticizing him or viewing him as a less than fantastic president, but for treating him with complete and utter disdain. That's the real goal here. The goal is not to have uh, a Trump administration that is kept in check. The goal is not to speak truth to power. I mean, they want to kneecap this administration. They want to just take it out of action as much as possible. Well, I'll get into some of the, the legal preparations they're making for that as well. They're essentially going to be gathering up a form of, of lawfare and filing. You know, they, they see no difference between, say, the Obama administration, which I think lost in federal court 14 times. I think that was the number. And just piling lawsuit after lawsuit or frivolous lawsuit after frivolous lawsuit up against the Trump administration and creating a lot of press around it and, and trying to create this perception that Trump is you know, a lawless tyrant and all this other stuff. Of course, Putin now, because he's going to be treated as the man behind this whole hack, uh, Putin is getting a lot of attention from across the sort of commentariat. Uh, they're even talking about a sort of what I would call a Russo mercantilism, because what is the real end goal of a lot of Putin's meddling and a lot of what's going on with the Russian state? This is what the Washington Post writes. Putin has consistently spoken about the need for modern Russia to have friends. Unlike during the Cold War, Russia is not trying to transform the world order with its own ideology. Russia does not need world revolution. It needs to parlay its status as a master of disruption into a magnet for business partners, end quote. So it is sort of like a, a neo-Russo mercantilism. It's just chasing profits at, at any end. It's, it's an, interesting, uh, an interesting ethos or sort of mission statement for an enormous state that, as we've talked about, still does have many millions of, I'm sorry, many uh, thousands of nuclear weapons and so millions and millions of nuclear weapons. That would be even scarier. At, at that point, Uncle Yuri really would be selling him off the back of a truck. Let's hope that already hasn't happened. So Putin has been pushing for business interests around the world. And I, I know this also then raises some hackles with people because of the Rex Tillerson Appointment, But yet again, I don't think it's fair to judge a person based on the job they used to have um, and say that they're going to approach another entirely different job that's supposed to serve the American people as though they're doing the same thing they used to do. Right. I mean, it's like saying, well, if you're a if you're a public defender, then can you go and become a federal prosecutor? I mean, of course, the answer is yes. Right. I mean, this you would never say that. And I know this is that's within the scope of the same job. And uh, but, you know, you're going on one side and you're going on the other side. People wouldn't ha wouldn't find that strange. Uh, I also think there's a case to be made here for why very wealthy uh, business leaders are an interesting choice to be 
the most senior government officials that we have. Um, the Clintons certainly showed us that some people will use public office to enrich themselves. For some people, public office is really just an excuse to make a lot of money and to become very powerful. Um, I, I think uh, going forward, we recognize that that's a bad recipe. That's problematic. We don't really want people running for office who overwhelmingly view the office as a stepping stone to uh, wealth and power. People who are already powerful and wealthy certainly can overstep, and you can argue that the richer somebody is, the more they, you know, the richer they are, the greedier they become, or, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But Rex Tillerson's worth $300 million of Exxon stock. Uh, we're really going to assume that he would sell out the interests of his country because he was friendly with Putin when he had to do business deals as part of a private corporation. Um, I, I don't know why that's sort of disqualifying. It is for a lot of people, it seems, uh, or people view it that way. I think we'll find out a lot more in the confirmation hearings, and we'll see. But everyone wants to jump to conclusions, and I shouldn't say everybody, but the media wants to jump to conclusions about all of this right away. Um, I, I should know that, of course, now there is some uh, disinformatia uh, that's out there about where the WikiLeaks hack came from. And there's a Daily Mail story. I want to make sure I get this right with a guy that has a sketchy, let's just say a sketchy uh, background who's come out and said that the WikiLeaks emails were really a sort of a, you know, and, and I'm talking about the DNC and Podesta hacks, um, that they were the result of sort of cloak, old school cloak and dagger stuff where you've got uh, somebody meeting with somebody in a park or, or in a wooded area, I think, near American University in D.C. So uh, I don't buy that, by the way. But, of course, this does complicate the narrative for the left that, or, and, and for the Democrats and really for a lot of people in this country that this was all the result of, a, of hacking and phishing, uh, a phishing scam that got access to all these emails. And they're putting that out there now, too. I, I don't buy that. I, I do think they got it through the hacking and... This story about somebody, he's sort of connected to WikiLeaks, saying that they got it from an insider. What they're trying to do is at least establish some narrative that the information about the DNC and Podesta's emails were not illegally obtained, because that's the big sticking point, right? Democrats love leaks. Somebody who has access to information and puts it out there, the media loves that. They, in fact, even love it when we're talking about U.S. government information that's sensitive and that could be very damaging when it's out there in the public sphere, damaging to American interests. I don't just mean, I don't just mean damaging to you know, certain government officials and, and whatnot. Um, in this case, there's at least going to be some uh, uh, some skepticism applied by those who are working overtime to believe this WikiLeaks guy. But I I'm personally uh, still of the mindset that, yeah, Russia did this. Hacking happens all the time. Oh, just in case we, you know, if, if we want to put this into some kind of perspective here, by the way, Yahoo has said, uh, this just came out today, I believe, uh, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yahoo told everybody that in September, there were 500 million user accounts that were hacked, uh, September of this year, and they were hacked in 2014. Uh, in fact, a different hacking attack in 2013 compromised more than 1 billion accounts. 
So while we're all supposed to be uh, completely freaked out and at DEFCON 1 and, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? I can't believe they got into the DNC's emails and I can't believe they were able to get access to John Podesta's personal account. A billion accounts hacked? What are the chances? I mean, there's only six billion or maybe seven billion now people on the planet. Think of all the access that those hackers may have had. And Yahoo thinks, by the way, that that was uh, that was a state sponsored attack of some kind. So we're we're already approaching a reality, I think, where those who are paying attention, being honest, realize we're approaching a reality where you have to assume that your email system could be compromised. And countless hundreds of millions of people have already had their email accounts compromised. A billion people have had it just at Yahoo alone. And, but, and that hack, uh, I should note, included passwords, date of birth, phone numbers, names, and everything. Everything. How this hasn't, maybe it has had a bit. I don't follow stock prices and stuff, but I would assume that that's, this is bad, bad news for Yahoo, which actually just got acquired, I think, by Verizon uh, for a whole lot of money. Um, Yahoo still has more than a billion active users. That is astonishing to me. I have not used Yahoo. I didn't. Even, it's been years. I have not used Yahoo in years. Um, but anyway, we're back to the back to the leaks for a second. Uh, there, there's no official word that will come out on this um, in terms of a Capitol Hill briefing. Uh, Congress is upset about that. Clearly, this is political. Uh, clearly, there are senior figures in the IC. And I mean, look, there's a fig- there's a photo of Brennan on FoxNews.com right now, CIA director. So, I mean, I'm not the only one who's coming to a pretty obvious conclusion there. Uh, there are people that want a little payback against the, tr- against the Trump team, against the Trump administration. And if that means that they're going to take this whole Putin hacked Hillary because he doesn't like her. I mean, they're saying it's personal, by the way. This is the story that NBC News reported on a high-level intelligence source said the campaign began, began as a vendetta against Hillary Clinton. The goal grew into an effort to expose corruption in U.S. politics and to undermine America's international credibility, according to NBC. So from the beginning, it was to undermine Hillary. Well, that seems strange to me. Why they go into the why they hack RNC accounts, too? Or did they? We can't even seem to get confirmation on that. Look, ultimately... The American people are allowed to make their decisions, their electoral decisions, based on whatever information they want. And whatever's out there is out there. And this is the world we live in now. And even if Democrats are able to prove, or if the IC comes out, forget about the Democrat side of it for a second, the IC comes out and says that, yeah, Putin was behind this, he ordered it, it's all Putin, 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 he's the guy, and he hates Hillary, and that's why he did this, and we think it had an appreciable impact on the election— well, tough. It doesn't change anything. You can't give a, as I said, a hacker's veto to somebody. You can't say that, well, because a foreign government hacked into some someone's account during an election or put out information, let's just say, during an election and it changed it. It, it doesn't, it's not the fault of the campaign that won. So you're not going to have a redo as much as I know there are some Democrats who really secretly and even not so secretly want that to happen won't change anything. So what is this? And and by the way, the security aspects of this are largely irrelevant, meaning there's not going to be anything that comes out of this from a security end that people, um, people will be able to do to stop this in the future. So 
We shall see, my friends. 888-900-3393. Team Buck, I'll be right back. Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Well, of course, there's the uh, argument about Russia and the hacks and whether it impacted the election. You could get into that, or you could just rely on the left's secret weapon, celebrities making political pronouncements. Play it. Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is, to an eminent degree, endowed with the requisite qualifications. An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job. The Electoral College was was created specifically to prevent an unfit candidate from becoming president. There are 538 members of the Electoral College. You and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference by voting your conscience on December 19th and thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. As you know, the Constitution gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person. Any eligible person, no matter which party they belong to. But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially competent to serve as President of the United States of America. Ah, okay, so who then? Do they think this is like the way Bernie Sanders becomes President? By the way, John, do we know who those celebrities were? I know it was started with Martin Sheen, and then there were some others. Uh, I should probably... And I couldn't tell from the voices, but they're all celebrities that much. And, and what else do you have to know other than the fact that they are celebrities? Because there you have it, right? Celebrities uh, tell you who to vote for because, you know, they're famous and stuff. But I love this idea. On the one hand, you've got Democrats all upset about the sanctity of democracy because of the Russia hack, and then without batting an eyelash, without missing a beat, they turn right around and they say, but I mean, also, let's be serious, like, Electoral College, you should just forget about the 60 million votes that were cast for Donald Trump and the, whatever, 60 million plus votes that were cast for Hillary Clinton. You just do whatever you want. Well, what's the the purpose of the voting exercise if the Electoral College is really going to just throw that. and and just even put aside for a second whether in a very literal sense they are correct that the electoral college is in fact there to prevent a tyrant from uh, taking over america uh let's just think for a second what do they think the outcome would be if they took the election away from trump at this point uh, they think that this would be a healing moment for the country they, they think that everybody who voted for trump all the republicans and also a lot of former Democrats or people who voted for Barack Obama in previous elections, that they would what? They would just be like, yeah, yeah, sure, that works. Why not? This is insane, but it does go to the depths of the hatred that people have for Donald Trump, that they would they would suggest that the way around this is just to short-circuit the whole system 
and to say, you know, sorry, I know you voted, but who cares about your vote? I also love how they leave it open-ended. Like, I'm not saying vote for Hillary Clinton. Do they want just all these electors to pick random people? It's so crazy. But then again, you know, celebrities talking politics. It's generally not a recipe for uh, brilliance. Back in a few. The Bug Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I suppose you could say that some of the antipathy towards the Trump administration just comes from the terrible things that post-election that Trump supporters have been doing across the country. Uh, listen to this woman talk about uh, a, a horrific hate crime that happened right here in New York City, here in my hometown, uh, and by people who were very obviously Trump supporters. Play it. They were surrounding me from behind, and they were like, oh, look, it's an effing terrorist. I didn't answer. They uh, pulled my strap of the bag, and it ripped. Um, and that's when I turned around, and I was really polite, and I was like, can you please leave me alone? And everyone was looking. No one said a thing. Everyone just looked away. They kept saying, you don't belong here. Get out of this country. Go back to your country. And then finally, they uh, came really close, and they were like, take that rag off your head. The president-elect like just promotes this stuff and just very anti-Muslim, very Islamophobic. And it's just he's condoning this. He's condoning it. I mean, it's 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 president-elect Trump's fault that all of this is happening. And clearly these Trump supporters, these savage Trump supporters that were around this woman saying these horrible things are just reflective of much broader sentiment in the country. And, you know, this is who we are as a country. And... Oh, wait a second. She lied about the whole thing. That whole soundbite you heard about the story about this young Muslim woman. You're you're a blanking terrorist. Take that rag off your head. Trump supporters. Uh, she knew there were Trump supporters. I also that, that by the way, that was your first huge clue that there was a problem here. What they, they all had make America great again. Hats on all three of them like matching. Uh, did, did they all sort they all that uh, were attacking her saying we voted for Trump, by the way, be sure you tell the press that because we want to make sure that we get that out there. Total lie. Total and absolute lie from this woman. She's being charged uh, with filing a false report, which can get you a year in prison. She won't get any prison time, but uh, she's being filed with and also obstructing uh, official administration, which is kind of a charge they tack on there too, just to sort of add a little add a little oomph into things. But yeah, she lied. That entire thing, that entire story was a complete fabrication. Didn't happen at all. She's admitted this now, by the way. There's not. And, and by the way, the, she didn't admit it because she had a guilty conscience and she wanted to change. By the way, this was treated as a huge news story. Oh, you should have seen social media. Oh, the anti-Muslim, the anti-Muslim bigotry. Anti-Muslim bigotry in this country is so bad that most of the time when I read a report of anti-Muslim bigotry, I'm either like, that doesn't even, I don't even know, you know, like somebody cut you off in traffic. I'm not sure it's because of your headscarf. Or I'm like, well, that's a hoax. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying that there's a lot of hoaxes. 
lot of hoaxes out there. And if something were so widespread and so pernicious and so damaging to the fabric of this country, you would think, I would think, that people wouldn't have to make up instances of it, right? That we would have plenty of examples to choose from of the anti-Muslim bigotry that is just sweeping the country after Trump's election. Never mind the fact that many times on the campaign trail, Trump would talk about you know how many Muslims are wonderful people, and he has Muslim friends, and all. No, no, that that doesn't matter. It's because of the Muslim ban for non-U.S. citizens entering entering the country that he talked about, which they walked back on that. I mean, that was a little too strong, even for the Trump campaign. It was a bad idea. But then they talked about uh, banning people from coming in from countries that have a history of supporting terror. I, do do we really need that many more immigrants from the Fatah coming into the country? I I don't know, but. I think it's a fair discussion. I think we should be allowed to discuss whether or not that's in the national security interests of the United States. And if nothing else, the Trump campaign at least opened the door to that. So at least there's on some level the possibility, the possibility that the Trump campaign uh, has allowed there to be discourse on this. But back to the uh, faux hate crime here. And you see this, by the way, on college campuses, too. A lot of the time, you know, they'll be, oh, there was some somebody put a noose on somebody's door. That's a classic hate crime hoax. Why, why, why would somebody? What? Oh, but that that one. Whenever I see that one, I go, well, it's possible this is real. You know, there are still hateful, racist people out there. There are also people, I think, sometimes who realize that acting in a way that is racist is you know, or acting out in a racist fashion is a means of getting attention and sort of act, you know, it's like the same reason you'd start a forest fire just to start one. I mean, just because you're, you're an idiot and you want to be destructive. Um, so we have a fake hate crime here in New York City. Not, not the first time that we've seen one of these reports about, but re- real detail. And by the way, she got caught in the lie because she had to meet with the police and they wanted, to, they wanted her to talk about the, her attackers. And she couldn't describe them. And then they also had surveillance footage of where she said this happened and nothing happened to her. So 100% she lied. And now she's saying it's because she was having family difficulties. You know, that's quite a leap uh, that your father's going to be mad at you because you were out late. So you create a you you make up a national news story in which you are the victim of anti-Muslim bigotry. And you do so, by the way, not just to impugn the candidate who is now the president-elect, right? She specifically says Donald Trump allows for this bigotry, for this fake bigotry, but she said that, right? So we know. But also that everybody who voted for him is sort of painted with this brush that they are all anti They're all sort of hateful anti-Muslim bigots themselves. They're just really bad people. And that only bad people would vote for Trump and, you know, all the rest of it. So... Uh, oh, it's by the way, it's not the only I want to find. Where was the other one? There's another story that just broke in the last few days. And I'm fine. Sorry, guys. Sometimes I have to find things on the fly here. Um, where did it go? Oh, here we go. A Texas a Muslim in Texas. This is from Breitbart.com has pled guilty to uh, setting his own mosque on fire. On Christmas Day 2015, he's pled guilty to felony arson and was sentenced to prison. Uh, he, this is the guy, uh, this is a guy who lit his own mosque on fire. And of course, I- immediately um, they thought it was a hate crime. 
I should pull together more. I mean, just type in um, Muslim fake hate crime and see what pops up. You'll see a whole bunch of things. Uh, but this should tell you a lot. And it also, I think, goes in the column of more of these uh, these these hate crime stories pop up because everyone's been told that uh, the Trump administration is going to more or less be rounding individuals up and putting them in camps and it's going to be so hateful and so bigoted and so terrible. All of this about a guy who's like a media mogul and born and raised in New York City, we, we really think that he's going to be some sort of skinhead KKK uh, you know, member in terms of the way he enforces. It's just, it's so beyond the pale, but this stuff is is having a real impact. It's interesting to me that they're worried about the right. Meanwhile, the minds of people on the left, young people, everybody, are just being poisoned in a, in a way that's not, again, it's not about political opposition. It's not, you know, I really, I really think that Donald Trump's changes to Obamacare could be uh, problematic for the whatever it is, 13 million people or 15 million people who get Obamacare, who are on Obamacare exchanges. No, no, it's Donald Trump is Hitler. And what you see here is a sort of continuation of the problem that you have with the Black Lives Matter movement. Very different issues, but let me just explain. Black Lives Matter says publicly they want to have a, and there's no leader of it, so therefore there's also no person to be held accountable and there can be no sort of official statement of of grievances or whatever it just gets to be a an idea a meme it can sort of motivate and, and mobilize a mob but black lives matter is told that police are hunting and murdering young black men across the country that's what they are told that's what they say and that is what at least a primary part of the message is right that's why black lives have to matter because they're saying they don't matter and we know they don't matter to police officers who are predominantly white, they're being killed in racist fashion. This, yes, gets people energized. It gets them emotional and it gets them motivated to show up and protest. And, and it allows uh, TV anchors and pundits and other people in the media who live in you know, doorman buildings here in New York City and entirely, uh, almost entirely, if not entirely, white neighborhoods you know, that have no crime at all to sort of wax philosophical on TV about how much they love the Black Lives Matter movement. But there can be really negative consequences to telling people that police are murdering young black men. Not everyone is going to take it literally, but some people will. And even if they don't, it really poisons minds against police in a way that there are clearly going to be real ramifications, right? Okay. So that's there with Black Lives Matter. With the Trump administration, you have the media saying that this was more or less a Russian orchestrated coup and that Trump is a bigot, an Islamophobe and a racist, and he is going to be a fascist. Well, I know that they're saying that just because they hate him and they, they enjoy the hyperbole and they're really kind of going to make a, you know, make a play to demean the administration as much as possible. But when otherwise seemingly respectable news outlets just want to talk about how the president-elect is a fascist and is, is more or less, a, you know, Hitler with a side swoop and no mustache, there will be very real consequences to this. You had a, a Politico writer. Now, Politico is a left, uh, a left operation, a leftist operation. I know that I had uh, somebody, was it Jim Shuto at CNN? corrected me when I said that the Washington Post was a leftist paper. It's like, it's, it's not. I'm like, well, what, what do we call it? 
a liberal paper. It's not liberal. It's a wrong. That's a wrong usage of the term. It's definitely pro Democrat, and it's also pretty pro Sanders, who's a socialist. I'd say it's left. Anyway, I think it's. I think saying it's left is is fair. Uh, but polit- a political writer tweeted something out, and granted, she has been, I think, disciplined at Politico, but she's leaving to go to the Atlantic. And I, I can't say what she tweeted on air. She's pretty reasonably well known. She's around my age, and you know, I'm sure. If, yeah. Anyway. Uh, wrote something so horrific about Donald Trump on her official Twitter account and shared it that, you know, there, there are the mistake. There, there's the tweets that you put out there that you're like, eh, maybe I could be misconstrued or I was in a bad mood or, you know, whatever. That's one of the reasons why, I don't know, I, I can't, I'm not one of these people who can just tweet 50 times a day and just constantly share, you know, every thought I have. Maybe I should. It'd probably be better for, you know, my brand or whatever, but I, I feel like I like to try to live life and, this is this is my brand. This is what I do. Three hours a day of radio with you every day, Monday through Friday. Share my thoughts right here. People want to know what I think. Listen to the radio show. That's what I always tell them. people when I'm out and about. They're like, let's talk politics. But I'm like, no, no, no. How about you download today's radio show? Have fun. Enjoy. And I mean, have fun literally like enjoy. Uh, but this uh, this woman writes for political Julia Yaffe. Uh, maybe I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. I don't know. Uh, she's actually something of a Russia uh, of a Russianist. Um, she wrote something so horrible about the president elect. And what's interesting to me is if somebody had written that about, she got in a little bit of trouble. If somebody had written that about president Obama, they would never get a job in media again, ever, ever. You'd be done. Now we could argue about or discuss whether or not it's fair. That's one mistake. One tweet should ruin somebody's career forever under any circumstances. That's a whole separate discussion, but I can promise you, writing the same thing about President Obama at this day, before he'd even taken office, or in, in any ever, you would never work in... No employer in media would hire you, period. No one. Alex Jones wouldn't hire you. And Okay, maybe that's not true. Alex Jones might hire you. But, I mean, other people wouldn't hire you. And she's going to go to the Atlantic, I think, and it's going to be fine. And she's just an example of somebody who is good writer, high-functioning, you know, at least fancies herself intellectual, but her mind has been poisoned by Trump hatred. A lot of people's have. It's actually getting dangerous. I'm more worried now about the, I'm much more worried, I should say, about the anti-Trump left than I am about the sort of far pro-Trump right. Much more worried. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Sponsor this hour is Super Beets. Beets are fantastic for you. They're a nutrition goldmine. They're rich in vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, and dietary nitrates. Dietary nitrates convert to nitric oxide in the body, which is the secret to how it works. Now, you don't have to eat a bunch of beets in order to get the benefits, the health and nutrition benefits of beets. You can get the benefits of three whole beets in just one teaspoon of Super Beets with no beet taste. Beet juice is so potent it turned up in a magazine article with illegal performance enhancers, giving them the nickname the ultimate performance enhancing veggie. 
I feel confident offering this to all of my listeners and Team Buck because Super Beats is delicious, and every time I take it, it gives me a boost of energy within 20 minutes of just taking my Super Beats. So please call 800-311-4367 or go to teambuckbeats.com. Get a 30-day supply free. It comes with your first order and is backed by a money-back guarantee. Also receive a free book, Beat the Odds, and free shipping on your entire order. You'll love the results you feel with your first free canister guaranteed or your money back. 800-311-4367, teambuckbeats.com, 800-311-4367, or teambuckbeats.com. We'll be right back. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Um, We've got more time. I thought we were at time. I- I'm sorry. I was just rushing. I was just going so fast. I want to make sure I got my full Super Beats read in there. See, I've got all that energy. Like I just took my Super Beats and got a boost of energy from it. So check that out. 888-900-3393 on the phones. We got some spots open. We'd love to talk to you, team. I'd like to uh, chat with some of you today. Always makes my day more fun, more interesting. So uh, light up those lines. Whatever you want to discuss, whether it's Russia hacking or, I don't know, action movie quotes. We could, Well, that's really tomorrow, but I know I shouldn't jump the gun on that. See what I did there? Jump the gun. Be right back. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 